And welcome to Deus Life, an aspirational podcast. I'm Patrick, and here with me, as always, is Hayden. Good morning, Hayden. Good morning to you, Pat. Happy, How you doing? Happy Saturday. Are you we... didn't sleep very well, huh? I did not sleep very well. Now, is there a reason? Because I have a reason. So I think my reason <laughs> is that I ate some ice cream last night, uh, and, that fucked, and that <laughs> fucked up my shit. So one of the things that I actually wanted to... That's so a good, good segue, and thank you for bringing up my sleep. Oh, yeah. My, good my, morning my, is my, always my best segue. My, well, thank you for bringing up my, uh, my lack of... Uh, hyper excellent sleep last night so mm-hmm. i want to ask physiologically so if i oh eat, god i have to be a science guy All right, you gotta I'm be a science guy right now you gotta turn that on regardless right. of regardless <laughs> of what kind of sleep you got last night i know night. in your mind no no i slept fine after i, I don't i know somehow but, found know, a way past I, the I, tv stuff i know yeah. but you, but you got to yeah. turn on science brain so regardless yeah. of how you slept you got to turn on science brain okay um so human eats ice cream ice yeah. cream converts in my somewhere in my stomach or small intestine into glycogen sure yeah it's yeah or it's glucose and sugar in, so in your yeah, liver your so, liver so the carbs yeah. and then so that my pancreas then produces insulin that goes to my liver to turn the, no no the, the the insulin circulates throughout your body and it pushes glucose into your cells where they get you know stored as glycogen those molecules of glucose okay and so what where is the most taxing thing on my system that makes my body then go oh well instead of like giving you nourishing sort of good sleep we're going to spend our energy turning these carbs and sugar into other things or why, why does eating ice cream cause an insulin spike? I mean, I get that. But how, how, how physiologically does that make my body fatigued? Fatigued in terms of... Because insulin is a powerful hormone that has a bunch of other effects. And one of those effects is going to be drowsiness, right? Is, is and it, sort of that brain fog feeling, and, right? And so that's because there's a lot of insulin in my system because yeah. my body created more as a result of my eating that ice cream. Yeah, so your body is adapted to using glucose as your primary fuel source, especially in your brain. I'm going to make this up now. I haven't really studied this intensely. Right, well, just go this, by feel. Speak, speak let me make as, this long, up. as long as you speak with conviction. Yeah, yeah. Your, your body isn't exactly adapted to use ketones as fuel, right? So you eat this big um, carb-heavy meal. Well, who, said, who said it was a big meal? I just ate some some ice cream well it's a lot of carbs okay right? yeah, yeah by yeah. your description yeah for sure okay. yeah it was uh, at least 40 grand at least the picture four, you I, painted is you're, you're I, sledding I, down a mountain of cream <laughs> i ate at least 40 grams of sugar in okay ice cream, in ice cream which isn't form. a crazy for amount. science you guys this is all um, I'm, I'm selling. Get, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm invested in the podcast. That's why I ate that ice cream. People get confused though. Like you said, you ate 40 grams of sugar, but the rest was carbs, right? And pretty simply digested carbs, right? Sure, yeah. So people get confused. A lot of this stuff ends up as the same thing. So all of those carbs go to your liver, and they all end up as circulating glucose, right? And then that insulin spike that goes throughout your blood and that tells your cells to put certain receptors on their surface to pull the glucose into the cell, right? And you pull the glucose into the cell. So right when you eat the thing, your body is like brimming with glucose which is your fuel of choice right your brain is lighting up you you feel active you get that sugar energy right we're we're boosted right and then all that insulin comes through and it pushes your blood sugar into your cells where it gets stored as um, glycogen right and when all that blood sugar gets pushed and you pushed into your cells now you're in the opposite state right now you're somebody who thrives on glucose who has low blood sugar right Temporarily. Got it. And so that's then what causes people to then get into their boom bust cycles where they feel tired so they eat more sugar. Yeah, and that's that part of it. I mean, the other thing is it's a hormone and hormones do all sorts of different things. Like every everything's in flux. Like that, that's actually a giant misconception is people will say, okay, so carbs cause your insulin to spike, right? Well, protein causes your insulin to spike too, you know, almost just as much. It's just that it also causes glucagon to spike, which is the counter. And it's the balance of those things that really manages blood glucose, right? So like... 
the really fun part of biochemistry, and now we're getting to a really fun, you know, hey, let's easy go there. listening podcast. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the listener's advocate on this one. The really fun part about biochemistry to me is that everything is so interconnected. Like nothing happens in a vacuum. You can study some sort of reaction, and you can say A plus B equals A B, right? But then A B is influenced by other factors, and when that's in a high amount, it disassociates to A plus B again, right? And A plus B are influenced by other factors, and when that's in a high amount, it it associates to A B, right? So it's like everything is interconnected and affecting everything. And it's, it's why it's so hard to predict things. Um, you know, whether it's certain drugs for certain things, it's why side effects exist, right? Like everything is interconnected and multifactorial, I suppose. There's, there's, there's very few things that do one thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I would say there's, there's nothing that does one thing, right? There's enzymes that do one thing, but they're affected by a variety of factors, right? And the thing they produce has, lots of different effects and downstream effects and, and whatnot. And everything's always in a state of flux. So that's the fun part about biochemistry to me. It's also what makes it so confusing and like makes developing treatments for things difficult, right? Yeah. Cause you never really know. Um, you know, that's kind of in the forefront of the discussion right now. I know a lot of people are talking about the vaccines. Yeah. What's, it, what's, what's your read on the latest happenings of the vaccine? World? The way I feel about public opinions on vaccines is the way I feel about public opinions on everything. Like, there's certain fields where people feel that what they think matters. Like I think most people, what they think is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Right. They like, don't have expertise in that space. Yes. Like I, I really hate the destruction of like trust in experts, right? Like experts are experts for a reason They they know things that you can't possibly understand. Like, but I, I, I don't, but pretend Pat, I, I Googled it. Sure, sure, sure. This guy said it in a Facebook Messenger thread. Exactly. And it's like, no matter what image you post, if you say anything about these subjects, all of a sudden there's a million people with a million opinions and they think for some reason that they have a right to have this opinion. You know, I, well, they I have the right to have an opinion, but they don't. I don't the, think they do. They don't. They don't. <laughs> everybody has the right to have an opinion, but they don't have the right to assume that it will be weighed in the same manner or to assume that like they uh, you know i guess if they want to live their life by that opinion that's fine i mean there's it, it it just it ruins the actual discussion of these things like there are things and questions about vaccines right like you never really know i know i know like the consensus among experts is you never really know what a vaccine is going to do in terms of side effects until there's about three million doses in like two months post of yeah that. so you can see three million people Two months post, right? Yeah. And then you really know, right? Because nothing's going to appear that late. Yeah, because right? if you have 0.01% of people die from this vaccine, yeah. that's a lot of fucking people. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. You'd have, that, you'd have to... But but would they die? Uh, it would depend on the approach. Like, would they die? I feel like a risk of death with this vaccine is, is very low because the mortality rate of the virus itself is pretty is super low. low. Yeah. So death to me is, is not likely, but like acute serious effects yeah any vaccine i mean it depends on the delivery but again there's like it's such a complex topic i'm not an expert on it i just listened to a two-hour podcast with an expert on it so yeah. like I, I i just kind of pulled away sort of opinions. you can echo some expert things i can yeah. echo some things yeah. yeah and i and i when i listen to things like that i i try to pull pieces that can govern my life right mm -hmm. like but i'm not I'm not like going into it with like, let's see if this 30 year veteran of vaccine <laughs> studies agrees with me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, no, I'm just saying, what does this guy think? Okay. That sounds good. I'm going to pull some key takeaways here. Right. But, yeah. it, 
But do I think in any way that my opinion on vaccines should weigh any more heavily than his? No. Like what I think about vaccines, me personally, is irrelevant. And I know 10,000 times more than most people. So like, well, that's how do they think their opinion matters? There's definitely, you know, it's crazy to me. There's an observed problem or not problem, but sort of, um, I guess, anomaly of sorts, which is that oftentimes people with less understanding or aptitude in a particular field. You're talking will, about Dunning-Kruger effect, which we've discussed. Overweight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did yeah. have an entire episode dedicated to that. Yeah. Well, for our listeners, could you please uh, explain that? Yeah, I mean, it's a really popular social science term at this point because it's so fucking exemplified <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yep. like, yes, when you don't know anything about something, you typically think you you understand it. I think I think uh, fighting is, is one of the best examples of it, and that's what we kind of used it to discuss. Yeah. But. It, it, to me, like the entire world now exists in this first quadrant of the Dunning-Kruger effect, mm-hmm. right? Like what, what, uh, nobody knows anything about anything because nobody's reading, nobody's gaining knowledge. It's just like this world where everything's fucking entertainment. Like it's just entertainment, right? Well, it's, it's also difficult because, uh, I mean, this is, uh, this is something that apparently is talked about a lot in the Netflix show, uh, The Social Dilemma. Oh, okay. Yeah, have, yeah. have you seen I've it? heard that guy on a couple of podcasts now. So I've not seen it. I uh, don't have access to a Netflix account right now. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you all my password? You can have it. <laughs> well, the, the problem is my Apple TV, my roommate had one, and, uh, and then he turned his off, and I can't I can't remove his unloginable account yeah, from the Apple TV. Is, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on? I, uh, I didn't know that was a thing. No, yeah, a thing. <laughs> of course I, I haven't tried that particular thing yet. You haven't I, tried that? No, no, I, hey. I know. I, I know that's a thing. Um, so apparently, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's the problem with algorithmic delivery of anything is it really fast tracks and exacerbates confirmation bias, as well as reaffirming that what you believe based on seeing more of it is the accurate worldview, and it leads to people having less sort of tolerance or even mental capacity to consider other viewpoints. Say that again. I was spacing out thinking of something else. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) It's all good. I do that often. Um, So the idea is that if you watch some type of content on YouTube or any of the, any of the platforms, then it recommends something that's similar, but maybe a half step in one direction or the other. It's still so close that it's all variations of the same confirming information, whether it's flat earth or chemtrails. Mm-hmm. Oh, vaccines. you're talking about algorithmic. Okay. And, yes. and so as it's delivering these things, or if you belong to one, if you're active in one Facebook group, it'll start algorithmically recommending other content from other Facebook groups. That's along the same veins, whether, whether it's, whether it's bodybuilding, whether it's unsafe body practices, whether it's anorexia, whether it's fighting, whether it's stealing, whether it's, there's a whole bunch yeah. of things like that, or whether it's a worldview that's, if it you, is a worldview. That's a great term. That it, that it, it, that it pulls if you, you into that worldview. It world pulls view. you into that yeah. worldview and then you wind up embodying it and you wind up in, yeah. I mean, it's the social media echo chamber piece. Yeah. And so it then makes everybody an expert on measles vaccines because they belong yeah. to three Facebook groups that are about measles vaccines. And then you get... And then you get crept in on by anecdotal observations, unverified and uncleanly tested uh, tested studies, misinformation, relaying relaying of misheard information, hearsay, poorly drawn conclusions from people that don't have the expertise to weigh the information, and that it winds up leading to people being much more not necessarily stuck, kind of stuck in their ways, but they're more cemented in their mindset around a certain thing because they're being constantly served more information and content that reaffirms that worldview. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm my, my takes here are very half cocked right now. Like I don't have an overwhelming take, but 
you're you're kind of touching. I understand what you're saying. It makes perfect sense. Where people that are generally interested in thing A, maybe it's like um, welding or something, yeah. get pushed toward this worldview where the algorithm just determined that most people that have this worldview have an interest in welding and you start off watching welding videos and you end up uh, in the lizard people land and, no, and now you're somewhat. part of the lizard people tribe and or, or QAnon is a great example where you get inducted into QAnon right and now you're like you know kind of boring little life all of a sudden you have meaning you're part of this group that's fighting the insides and you know what I mean and the baby blood mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it, it's it just gives people meaning I feel like that's what's happening now in this world is you used to feel kind of useful, I guess. Uh, and even though the world sucked and everybody died from, you know, foot wounds, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kind of like, you know, you would die from trivial things and, and there was death and destruction all around you and people were constantly warring. It's still like there was not a lack of meaning, even though everybody's life sucked. Like you're a soldier, you know, you're a yeah, farmer, you're, you're building you know, the railroad, you're building yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. And your life sucks, but it's meaningful somehow. Mm-hmm. And now it's sort of like, it was an idea that I think Andy Warhol first proposed, and I know David Foster Wallace has written about it a little bit, where in the future, it would gradually, people would de- de- derive meaning in their life and derive like sort of tribalism based on the pop culture that they relate to. Oh, yeah. So it's sort of like, instead of... That's the new tribe. Yeah, instead of like, we read these books or something, or we like this stuff, or we're into physics, it's just like, I like friends, and I like other people who like friends, and and, and that's my defining personality trait. Mm-hmm. Or sort of like, and this is sort of controversial, but I, I think um, a lot of the stuff that turns people off of identity politics, right, which is, I'm starting to see this more and more, which in people's like Instagram bios and stuff, it's all about their ethnic background, their gender, and sort of these innate qualities that they were born with, right? Which to me should be like the least interesting thing about you. Because well, it's not an accomplishment to be born. No. To be, and, it, and it shouldn't be, and it should be something that's, that's praised or held against you. And it's sort of like if you were born 30 years ago and, and over the span of that 30 years, you your identifiable factors like the things that make you you are the same fucking thing that you were born with like it it's just kind of uninteresting you know it's difficult because that that you should describe yourself with other things first i think yeah and maybe well it also short it it, it again maybe well here's the thing it changes the goalposts so so that people's like hard work and accomplishments somehow get brought down to the same level of something where Mm. it's well, yeah, when I was a baby, I had this or I was born this way. And some of those things can be defining if you're born with a if you're born with a physical health defect or something like that and you have to overcome yeah. that over the course of your life for sure. Yeah, it shapes who you are for but sure. But if you're yeah. born a healthy baby and then you grow up and then you're part of your part of your identity is these in, in, innate qualities. Yeah, it's interesting. And it and it's a complex question because ethnic background to me like to me, race is not defined by like skin color or any of these things because they're pretty irrelevant. Like they're just physical characteristics. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you don't really have an ethnicity in, except for a culture, right? Yeah. And because of the way the world was, a lot of people were isolated and by themselves. Like it's sort of um, like I was just looking at, I, I was just thinking yesterday because there's a lot of Mexican fighters in the UFC. And they, like the funny thing about Mexico is the native people from Mexico can all look so different. Like they yeah. must've been isolated for a long time. Yeah. I don't know anything about the history of Mexico, but just looking at the people that come from Mexico, like native people from Mexico, they must've been isolated geographically because like the people from this part look completely different from the people from other parts. It's, yeah. it's kind of fascinating. Very, yeah. Very much so. I, could, I couldn't think of another country like that. 
That's a good point. Um, I mean, there certainly are other countries. I know that... Uh, where like the people in one region, Mexico is so big that it makes sense. Um, I mean, Brazil's yeah. got some similarities. Brazil too, is a good one, and well, it's huge. Yeah, as, that makes sense as well. And I think a That's lot a of it, I think a lot of it has to do with the geography, mm-hmm. like very very dense jungle, and that that meant there were there were tribes and cultures. Whether it's the the, the, the Mayan ancestors, and big enough to have different climates, big yeah. enough to have different climates, yeah. but also it's I think it's geographical isolation more than anything mm-hmm. because you don't see that as much in Europe because it's a great open there's a yeah. great open plain. It basically goes from France to Russia is yeah. like one big open plain. Whereas in certain other parts of the world, like it's very geographically isolated. Yeah. It's there must've been mountains in Mexico or something. Yeah. Very, very dense <laughs> mountains and rivers, dense yeah. jungle. And it's difficult if it's, di- and it's difficult. So that led to a lot more, I guess, isolation and sort of in, like isolated and independent development of frequency of gene speed, gene, gene components, stuff along yeah, those lines. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so that's what, that's what, but the point I'm trying to loosely make is that, I don't think there's anything wrong with being proud of a culture or really relating to a culture that you grew up in, but I don't think it should be your leading label, like the thing you most describe yourself as. Well, <laughs> yeah, I like I'm I'm personally a fan of people that have individual that seek individual differentiations, mm-hmm. whether it's accomplishment in a particular field, whether it's athletics or education or business or something else that makes them unique rather well, like, than characteristics like i uh, the thing i pride most about myself is curiosity i guess and like a a, a desire to learn as much as possible right which comes from a feeling that i always don't know enough right Mm -hmm. and that would be like a way i would describe myself now i wouldn't describe myself as like blue eyed (laughs) you know like (laughs) nothing could be less interesting to me than just fucking physical characteristics you have to work really hard to become no i did nothing i didn't choose to be born (laughs) like some people, my parents uh, specifically, just decided one day to create me, and here I am. You know, they didn't, even, I, cre- they didn't even decide I've to create you. Dealing they, with it, they didn't decide to create you. They decided to create a human. You know, and then you <laughs> yeah. came along. Here I am dealing with it for twenty nine years. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I think I have great hair. You know, I wouldn't describe it as my top leading label. You, you should know? put that. Yeah, that can be the, the top <laughs> yeah. thing. Blue eyes. Blue eyes, great hair. Blue eyes, great hair, this tall. Fantastic mustache. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Well, the and mustache so, is, like, is something that you work on. Yeah, there is a... You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I had that ability. But there, there is a... Um, it's a weird middle ground. Now, the reason I brought this topic up is because it exists outside of the Overton window at this point in time. What's the Overton window? It's a term I just uh, learned from my friend, uh, Michael Steinkirchner. Shout out. Okay. Delving music on Instagram. He, he told me this thing because uh, Michael always po- uh, posts like interesting points of view, okay. uh, which I really appreciate. But um, I told him, I was like, yeah, because we go out and we meet a lot of people, right? That's no secret. We've talked about that tons on this podcast, right? And I have noticed that the Overton window, which describes the range of topics that are socially acceptable to discuss, oh. is, is shrinking. Right? Oh, for sure. Now, I'm sure throughout history it shrinks and it expands, it contracts and expands, right? I, I think some of that has to do with like the worldview thing you're talking about, where it's like in the past, your opinion on one thing did not make people assume 19 other opinions you hold, right? Whereas now that's completely changed. Where oh, yeah. If you... If you, uh, maybe you voted for Trump, right? Okay. Now all of a sudden I know 400 things about you. Everything. Yeah. And it's tough because you wind up with, yeah, I call it the bumper sticker effect where if you're driving behind somebody and they do something and they have one bumper sticker, you automatically somehow build an entire narrative around who they are, even though you don't know jack diddly shit about them. 
where they're like, I support public schools. And you go, oh, they're this. Yeah. Or if they've got a, my kid's a, my kid's an honor student at this or yeah. no war for oil. There's so many things that you can then just somehow we very low calorie ex low calorie output or low calorie consumption, assume that we know everything there is to know about them. Exactly. And to some degree, I think it has changed. Like I think there used to be viral ideas, which is what a meme is, right? Mm-hmm. But now there are sort of viral worldviews, right? Like you get pulled into a worldview and now you're supposed to, here's the 10 things you have to believe to be in our group, right? And you have to, you know, like enthusiastically support all of those things, right? Where, and, and I think we just had the election and something interesting is that the presidential results are, are like not, and this is true of most elections, they don't always correlate with the propositions. So the propositions are where people forget like there's no party affiliation listed mm-hmm. on it and now there's general voter guides and stuff like that right yeah but it's not as extreme because there's not party affiliations to where like the way i vote on the propositions is kind of freeing because yeah. you're just voting on single ideas right it's it's kind of interesting and i feel mm-hmm. like i like that world where every idea is kind of debated in a vacuum right like i don't just subscribe to a worldview and get in line and now i believe a hundred ideas i gotta only vote for the the candidates that have an r or a d next to their name yeah exactly and i guess it's easier to do that now there is that's the thing all of this comes back to us being biologically programmed to conserve calories yeah, Whether. I'm just in like a pessimistic state right now because my neighbor was blasting TV for four hours last night, like blasting from like 1030 to 230 in the morning, like blasting TV <laughs> so, loud. so loud. I can't explain to you how loud it is. And and just being like, damn, that person just does that freely. Yeah. Like, they just do that freely. Was it? Was and it? And they're Eng- probably an idiot. Was it, Eng- was it English language television? Yeah, it was like a movie with a string quartet. Oh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. A woman yelling and yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's just like it's just frustrating that that uh, there's sort of these innate rights given to everyone. Like what? Like the right to? <laughs> like you don't have to earn the right to blast you. you know? <laughs> like, so you saying we should license everything? You you need a you need a permit to? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, TV. it's a horribly unpopular idea and one that could never be implemented uh, for so many so reasons. many reasons. Yeah, the, not, but like yeah, the, logist- the idea the that everybody gets it, to yeah. vote is kind of ridiculous to me. <laughs> Like it makes a lot of sense and it's probably the best system. Right. But there are like, as no, no ideas without criticism. Right. And it's kind of fun to criticize it. So everybody get up off me and stop saying I want horrible policies or something. (laughs) Um, but, but it, it is an interesting thing to me that everybody gets to vote. Well, it's interesting. My, my, in my sort of experience you have to prove nothing yeah so my ex- and children you can have a child <laughs> yeah you can you can just make a kid you yep. can make one yep yeah, just make one yep. yeah 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 you want to buy a house you gotta jump through the hoops you gotta prove i got 17 you- binders for you yep. 17 binders you want to have a kid yeah just do, do it, it. Just, yeah. just you want to have 12 yeah. just do the thing do yeah <laughs> just do it yep i uh, yeah i agree <clears throat> I've heard uh from some people that i know that worked uh in sort of voter sign up and sort of did some door to door canvassing when they were helping campaign for some politicians. And mm-hmm. it was interesting because most of them, I was expecting the get out the vote thing that, that whole ethos to be, uh, yeah, something super supportive of, but I was also surprised that many of them voiced a very sincere and seemingly very like deeply experienced, uh, outlook, which is that a lot of people are really dumb. 
yo, everyone's really dumb. And, and, it's, and, and, the, pro- yeah, and, the, and the problem from going around and doing those specific canvassing and knocking on doors and asking to talk about a particular candidate or a message or a proposition or a ballot measure or something like that was that there's so much apathy and there's so much just misunderstanding and people don't really know and, uh, and they don't oftentimes care to learn or do the hard work For sure. of, of researching. And it's so, very boring. And, 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 <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so part of it is like the, the, the goal is to have an educated electorate. And if we have, yeah. or an educated popul- po- the like problem, popular vote. It, I don't, I don't think that system could exist without, it seems so easily corruptible mm-hmm. like that system. So I think the system we have now is sort yeah. of like the only thing that can exist because human ethics are not innate. Yeah. And, and like, yeah. And, and there's we just can, too and, many spineless people. And yeah. we, and we can't set rules for what does and doesn't allow yeah. somebody to vote. That's not, it would okay. be too difficult. But like, I, if people think I'm just saying everybody's dumb and I should like, I don't think I should get to vote. I don't pay enough attention. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You should have people that really pay attention and understand policies and, and things like that, you know, in an ideal world, I think that would be, but I think, I think the, the human species is too spineless to do that. Like to do, to give away control or to function in a system like, like that, that I, I think what we learned from the Trump presidency is a lot of American politics functions on the honor code. Like a lot of things function on the honor code. And you remember like the Merrick Garland filibuster and then the same thing with the recent Supreme court, but that one gets through. Right. So it's like, well, in both, in both situations, there was a Republican controlled Senate. Yeah. And you see things like, like it's sort of, I, I think if that presidency showed us any, it showed us two things, right? Like the checks and balances are strong. Like, we're, yeah, we're very fortunate. The system held. Yeah. I think that, that was a real threat. That was to a real democracy. Test. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and it held. The system held. There wasn't riots in the streets or giant there, divisions. There no were riots. War, in, there were right? some riots in the streets. But, but not to a degree that I ever felt that democracy was threatened. Yeah. Right? Um, but it, it showed like there's also some, we, we kind of have to just make rules for a lot of these things that used to govern on the honor code because the honor is not there innately. Right. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I don't think Trump is some evil authoritarian. Uh, authoritarian. I actually think he's rather inept at most things. But um, I think what we learned is that a real smart, clever, strategic authoritarian could have taken over this system if he had that same kind of populist appeal um, and cult of personality that someone like Trump has. Like He exceeded in, in, at something, something which was drawing enthusiasm and... and um, Tapping into a somehow finding the energy to campaign nonstop, like <laughs> math. Yeah. <laughs> math, yeah, Adderall, yeah. He, Adderall. He, he's super good at something. Yeah. Right. But a strategic authoritarian. No, no, I, I'm not seeing the intelligence or the that's, intentionality. That's not there. him, but yeah. it was interesting because his presidency created or brought to the forefront a lot of basically what you're saying, honor system things yeah. where, what do you do if you have a, the wealthiest president in history who's wealthier than every single other president that came before him combined who declines to put his assets into a blind trust and then allows his children to take it over and promises not to get involved in the operation of, yeah. the, tr- of the Trump organization? Honor code things. That's the honor code thing. Yeah. And then so you go... Well, how do we reconcile that? Because what if there's a Saudi sovereign wealth fund that decides to make a bailout investment in one of your distressed properties 
like how or do you, any foreign government or any foreign yeah. government how do you yeah. how do you reconcile that and that becomes a very difficult thing that was brought to the forefront and so now you have to make a law around all of these things and, right? and, and, and so it's annoying because it's more bureaucracy it's more but, it's more yeah. bureaucracy some of it's necessary but also you have to be careful of the implementation too because mm-hmm. that might make it so that say somebody has a successful business and they are the best equipped to do it but if by forcing them to put it into a blind trust or put it into a position where it could be mismanaged, it could negatively impact something that you've spent decades building. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's tricky. I don't know what the fix is, but I agree completely that we're fortunate to have a constitution and checks and balances and our three our three branches of government that does an effective job even in the face of a situation that we hadn't really yeah. seen before of maintaining the order, maintaining the structure and not allowing room for any one branch or one person to get too powerful. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, even even amidst like the strangest government of all time, like <laughs> the strangest four years of American politics, I think. I still think early 2000s is weirder in terms of actual events and mm-hmm. stuff like 9-11, going to war in two countries, two forever wars that still nobody really knows why, aside from profiteering, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, Military industrial complex. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like still you can't make an argument 30 years or <laughs> 20 yeah. years later. So it's like I still think that was a more impactful um, like eight, four, four to eight years. I think those first four years were, were just more impactful if mm-hmm. we're comparing four and four. Um, but this was certainly the strangest, I would say. And in terms of like illuminating a lot of holes like oh you can just fire the top generals and replace them with <laughs> random people that are his friends yeah <laughs> like, and put and put his friends on the list for like supreme like court justices gutting usps which really affected my life as someone that deals with shipping on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis i saw firsthand the effects uh, usps went to shit in a week all of a sudden they couldn't find packages it was like a 30 percent delivery <laughs> rate yep. like, it was crazy mm-hmm. but at the same time you have the just boring American political bureaucracy functioning at a high level. Like to coordinate this election with this many mail-in ballots and the drop-off boxes and like the pandemic uh, backdrop, like that was really impressive to do that. The other thing is the vaccine development. Like fucking NIH funded and it was their construct. It was their science for the Moderna one. I know I've, I don't know about the other one. I think that was all private industry, but, um, to get a functional vaccine with those results like out and, you know, I can't even say the word vaccine because the, you know, everything's controversial now, but this, this is sort of my main point is that I can have an opinion on a controversial subject like a Trump or a vaccine. It doesn't mean I hate you if you disagree with me. And it doesn't mean I subscribe to your 20 opinions. uh, If you agree with me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you should be able to dissect each thing on its own. It doesn't have to all be connected. I don't have to be, part of your drum beaten tribe just because I agree with one thing, right? Like, um, it's just fucking lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's, that's all. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I agree. There's a, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah. Like <laughs> it, it, it bleeds into your life. Like, do I feel some fear even bringing up certain words on a podcast? Yes. You know what I mean? It's I'm like, a, I'm aware they're, they're tri- I'm just like, fuck it. Who well, cares? I mean the, the, a lot of, if I can't talk freely. Then, then what's the point? You know, they're trigger things. And, yeah. uh, What's interesting is in Canada, they now have, like, you don't have free speech in Canada anymore. Yeah. And I, I heard a story about a... Uh, yeah, what are the exact laws you've heard of? So... I remember that's how Jordan Peterson came to prominence, was yeah, fighting the, it was a, it the was gender a, no, it was pronoun a, it, was, law? it was compelled speech, yeah. Yeah, it was like if you miss, if you if you use the non-preferred pronoun, it's like a fine or something? No, I think it was that uh, you can't not address them as you or something like that. You have to use 
a preferred pronoun. Like, Something about gender pronouns. Yeah. And okay. so there was another example. I, I might be so that Jordan Peterson thing might. It's probably has more nuance and and call, sure. And yeah, con, I don't con, remember con, it exactly. Context to it, but apparently there was a comedian who. Uh, who was doing a stand-up bit and he was talking about, I don't know, same-sex couples or something like that. And there was a, uh, I think there was a lesbian couple in the audience and they got offended or mm-hmm. something or they interrupted or they ha- they started heckling. Fuck so, hecklers. So, so this guy destroyed them. Yeah. As you, sure. as you sometimes, That's en- his job. as you sometimes <laughs> enjoy seeing comedians do to hecklers. Sure. And, uh, he was prosecuted for violating some sort of anti-discrimination thing. Yeah, that's terrifying. And so he he like he got actually like district attorney or whatever the equivalent of the district attorney is in whatever wherever this was in Canada, filed formal charges against him and then he had to go to court and defend himself and ultimately I don't know I don't, I'm not sure the specifics of how it played out but there might mm. have been a ticket or a fine or <laughs> plead no contest or something along those lines. But the takeaway from it was that you don't really have free speech in Canada. I, the offend thing is like, it, it's funny. The, the, the whole cancel culture offensive stuff is like, it's such a hot topic. I ultimately don't think it's that big of a problem. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't affect my day to day life that much. I do notice it now. And I think I never finished that point. <laughs> like when you go out and meet people, I do notice it. Like I see people squirming when I say certain words and it's <laughs> yeah. like, and, and I'm someone that likes to talk about these things without, like, I think there's this sense that people think everybody's hiding some deep, dark persona. Like, I'm a white guy, so probably the one that, like, I'm hiding is I'm a white supremacist, right? And you're going to find out. <laughs> That's my new voice. Um, so it's like, and then with other people, maybe you project some other secret identity that might be there. And we got, oh, there's evidence of it. You know, I'm squirming because oh, I'm not, you know what I mean? So it's like... Um, I do notice that like, or it's just like, no, just talk. And, and it, the, the best description of it is good faith conversations. Like a lot of conversations now are in bad faith mm-hmm. where, where people are trying to take me at my worst meaning. Right. And the, the thing about language is I don't have control over how you interpret what I say. It's an imperfect medium, like verbal language. Cause yeah. I can say something and mean something and then I can hear something completely you can different. Take it completely different, right? Based on what frames I'm looking at you through, and, and you if, control your reality. I have no, you know. Well, I, sure. I like to believe I have an impact, but I mean, you know, the, I don't. I don't have a hundred percent control over only, your perception. Right? And even so. if you choose the best, safest words, if yeah. somebody's looking at you, which through, is a dumb phrase. If, if somebody, if somebody's, <laughs> lo- if somebody's looking at you through a fra- through a frame of resentment or minimizing or or make you the enemy or suspecting suspicious suspicious paranoid and suspicious even if you choose the best safest words that make your point as clearly as possible and leave as little room for misunderstanding there's still room for somebody to go so it sounds like what in their head they'll go. So it sounds like what he's saying is that he's actually at this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's it's impo- and it'll be one of these ten words, be, yeah, that and, get applied and, and to a, you, and it's yeah. a label, yeah, one of these ten words that means something crazy and ridiculous. Yep, <laughs> yeah. yep. He normalizes. He's this. a Nazi. <laughs> yep, one of one of those things, and yeah, yeah, very difficult and complex. And I hope that uh, it's tough. I don't know what the fix is, but again. It doesn't impact me that much, you know. I see some uncomfort. I see some discomfort. Okay, maybe I can't, you know, talk about the problem of pedophilia because it makes people uncomfortable, right? You know, okay, that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. I don't really want to talk about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's difficult because I mean, we're we're losing the ability to have sort of face to face, not even face to face, but like meet people, unguarded at, conversations, un- unguarded. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way to put yes, it. Yes, which um, are like 
why why talk anyway else you know there's a reason i'm not in politics i don't want mm-hmm. to live in that world right like, empty, empty platitudes yeah i don't i don't want all that bullshit right i'm not alive that long mm-hmm. <laughs> and i want to know the truth about things right so i need to hear sentences says i need to say certain sentences just to see how it feels you know what mm-hmm. i mean um you know opinions are fluid and it's it's just um it's a little frustrating again i'm not that bothered by it but um it's worrisome. Something of concern. It's, it's, it's worrisome, and it's certainly a, for people with talking platforms something to talk about. And it make, and it makes me scared because then I go, well, what's the way out of this? And it's more understanding, and it's more tolerance, and it's more openness to other ideas. And I feel like we're just as a as a mass, we're going in the opposite direction. We're going in the direction of being a little bit more closed minded. Subscribe and comply. Subscribe yeah. and comply. That's a good way Regardless. to put it. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and then there's, I mean great minds think for themselves and we have to give ourselves permission to have big conversations and talk about some difficult things and consider things that maybe are a little bit off the beaten path, but might ultimately over the long run be the best mindset or the best, uh, the best approach. Yeah. And if you want to amplify your thinking power, um, when considering all these different ideas and topics, then you should drink Daybrain. D E Y Brain. Nice segue. <laughs> nice segue. Search it on Amazon. Helps the algorithm. Yeah. So yeah, if you uh, yeah, we're on Daybrain right now, and that's part of the reason why we have all of this brilliance. I'm hot. Yeah, and uh, and I feel much better. I I, I drank it right before. Uh, we, yeah, we, I saw we, you mixing. Yeah, we started tracking and. Uh, and I do feel much better after getting that uh, suboptimal sleep. So I'll be getting some better sleep tonight. <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. if you want to try a three-day sample of Daybrain, you can go to livedeus.com, D-E-Y-U-S, or you can go search Deus or Daybrain, D-E-Y-B-R-A-I-N, on uh, on Amazon and pick mm-hmm. it up. And uh, it will make your days better, and you will be a more cognitively focused and brain-boosted human. Yep, and you'll know all the truths. All the truths. And with that, uh, this has been another episode of Deus Life, an aspirational podcast, and we'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.